This is Catalog and Cocktails. Presented by Data.World. All right. Lightning round. Lightning round. So let's move to our lightning round presented by Data.World. I will go first. So you talked about actions based on the day. Uh, on you, you, Sorry. You, you talked about actions based on the day being the key to the modern data stack. Reverse ETL is an emerging space or app, operational analytics or data activation, right? This stuff is changing. Is reverse ETL a must-have for data actions? I don't think it is a must-have. Um, oh. I think that if you follow the 80-20 rule, the first 80 is not going to be data activation. It's going to be just manual actions based on reports. At some point, though, you're going to have so much to do that the time to maintain those actions, you're just going to want to automate them. Um, and so that automation, you're getting into the 20, and so you're further optimizing. Um, so no, I don't think it's necessary, but it's a great tool. Honest, no BS take on that one. Love it. Tim, you go. I love it. That's actually great advice too. When people are thinking about like, when, when do I really need to start investing in a reverse detail tool? Um, uh, so second question, um, should it be a best practice to embed analysts within the departments of, of business. Like you mentioned about like the marketing analysts and all the data teams working with them, working with them. Is that, is, should that be a best practice? Uh, no, that can't be a best practice because the data team just starts with one person. How can you embed one person into five different organizations? Um, that is by definition centralized. So um, I think that uh, it's same, same thing. I think eventually you get to have many different analysts um, but initially at small companies, I just don't think it can be a best, best practice. This goes back to what we always talk about, this balance between centralization and decentralization. So I think when you start off as a company, you're going to be centralized, right? If you're start at some point, you got to figure out that's depending on culture, depending on size and so many factors. And then, and, and then even when you can't start to decentralize and push, like you can't do it with everybody, you got to choose the first one. So, mm -hmm. uh, all right, next question. Is the analytics engineer role helping us overall to get more value from our modern data stack? I do, uh, because I do think that at the end of the day, no matter what tool you use, if you have engineer in your title, you're going to be paid more, you're going to feel more valued, therefore you're going to be more happy, and you're just going to produce better output. It doesn't matter what tool you use. So I do think that we are uh, getting more people who are uh, more familiar with version control and building scalable systems and can make those trade-offs of when do you build hacky and when do you build, you know, for scale. I like that. Um, all right. Well, final uh, lightning round question for you. Um, when the full modern data stack comes true, come, the vision comes true, right? Is the metrics layer going to be part of it? You know, we've talked to Nick Handel at, uh, at Transform. We've talked to Drew Bannon at DBT. So we're big fans of the of the metrics layer. But what do you think? Will it be part of it? I do, but I don't think that it has to be a tool. Um, metrics layer could just be a SQL script that defines your metrics. That is a metrics layer. And for the hacky startup that's only 10 people, it'll do the job. Will it do the same job for, like, a 1,000-person company? No. That's, I mean, I, I really don't. But, like, it. it it's not with a tool. It's about getting everyone to understand what metrics are important and agreeing on definitions. Um, and that has to exist. Sarah, I truly appreciate you. You're being very honest, bold, no BS on this stuff, because I think people listening will kind of like, what, why is she saying that? But I mean, that, 
I, I, I every, everything you just said here on this, I'm in agreement with you. Um, just looking here. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited to see how, how this is going to take, how this is going to evolve over the next one or two years. So we'll see. We'll, we'll come back in, in a couple of years and see where reverse ETL is, where this metrics layer companies are. And we'll see anyways. All right. Yeah. It's, it's an exciting time. It is. It is. Yeah. I, and we're all, we love them all. We are friends with all of them. They've all now been on the show. Uh, so, I, I mean, at the end of the day, it's a big community industry. We're all we're all in this together. So, all right. Next segment: the Mesh Minute. We didn't say anything about data mesh, but a lot of the things that we've talked about here are related to the data mesh. So, we got one minute to rant, pontificate about data mesh. Go. All right. So, when I think of data mesh, I actually think nothing about data, and I think of like a foam pit or like a net, and you kind of jump in it. And then you kind of sink, but you don't really sink. And you're kind of swimming in it. And then there's just foam around you, like, you know, foam blocks around you. And you don't really know what you're doing. But then you somehow get out. And then you think about, like, wait, what even is that? So that's kind of what I think about data mesh of, like, what even is it? Um, like, a, a mesh? It's like, is it a salad? I don't know. I mean, to me, it's just, I even like, I just really don't like different terms. And, like, you won't find me going around saying data mesh. Um, you also probably won't find me going around and like, you know, promoting the modern data stack, like what's so modern about it. Um, I just really don't like marketing terms, just making you run the other direction. That's probably why I am not a marketing person. This was a perfect, awesome rant. I have to say, I think this is the best one up to now. Everybody's been very serious nice. about it. And like, everybody's like, yeah, they have good things the principles. I mean, okay. I'm, not not making fun of their past guests of doing it, but they, they've all been very kind of very serious about it. You're the, you, you've really brought the essence of honest, no BS on this today. So <laughs> thank you so much. Sarah. You know, we, we, we take notes uh, as we go here and I just wrote down foam pit in all caps. So I'm very happy at this point. <laughs> yeah. And again, like I do want a caveat, like I am also like a huge fan of a lot of these tools. Like I just really try to see through the marketing and like the value that they provide has nothing to do with the term data mesh. Um, you know what I mean? And so there are certainly many tools that bring a lot of value. Love this. All right, Tim, take us away with takeaways. Takeaways. So here we go. Um, so, so much good stuff. Uh, Sarah, I really appreciate you bringing your expertise here and, and having a great conversation because that's what the show is all about. Um, and I think you started off at the top, really helping us understand, like, what does it mean to get value out of the modern data stack? And you really pointed it at actions, right? You need to be able to act on information. Data needs to be actionable. Um, and how quickly can you get to that action? You need to save time. You need to save money. You need to be better at your job, right? If you're a marketer, you want to know, like, you know, when when should we be sending emails? How can we convert better, right? If you're in the retail organization, you want to figure out how to boost revenue and close more deals and get more more things in the basket, right? So how do you drive towards those actions and those decisions? Um, and uh, you mentioned that data exposed to a particular group should help drive towards those actions. So not just like, hey, let's report on frivolous things, right? It should be like, what are the things that that group needs to know in order to take action on it? 
And and when we talked about like how do you even define action, you kind of talked about requirements. You you talked about sort of that product manager hat, which obviously I relate to a lot as uh, as doing product over at Data.World. Uh, you need to get good requirements, and that's a partnership between the domain and the business and the people within the data group, uh, and really figuring out like what's important. What is the north star for that particular group? What are the use cases? What are the metrics they care about? Is it revenue? Is it number of users? Is it conversion rate? What are we actually trying to do here? And you talked about some of the technology that helps support that. So, you know, you said that we've come a long way in the last five to 10 years. Couldn't agree more, right? We we mentioned that we kind of have like first world data problems now as opposed to like the Stone Age that we were in back then, right? But, um, you know, now we have this time. We got to figure out how to use it to drive to insights. So the modern data stack has to help us save time on getting to insights and then actually get us to those actions faster. Um, and when you talked a little bit about the stack, you mentioned, you know, you've got your data warehouse, you've got your orchestrators, your event systems, your transformation systems. But depending on whether you're an enterprise or your startup, you're going to make some different decisions. Maybe if you're a little more technical, you have that culture, maybe open source makes a lot of sense, especially if you're a larger company. If you're a startup, maybe you're going to make different choices. Maybe DBT doesn't make sense to grab right off the shelf because maybe you should just kind of write your SQL scripts and then move to DBT later. So it felt like a very balanced approach to thinking about technology. You said it's not about the tools. It's about what you need to do. And then Juan, over to you. What are your takeaways? Well, actually, I'm looking here at the comments. So Byram just wrote something which I really loved. It was a great summary. He says, the challenges we're solving is much more important than the tools we're using. But it's also important to use the available tools necessary to answer the business questions. I think that really summarizes what we discussed today. But I want to add some more things. I, I, I brought up this notion of how about we start cataloging knowledge and you're like, like, let's go make make a list of all the questions people are asking. Let's understand what these questions are, right? Uh, go get the top five questions that marketing finance are asking. I mean, you brought up the, the, the your, in your previous in your previous job, like every BI dashboard started with the question. So we got to start thinking about more about the questions. We really talked about the, this, this issue about scale, right? You don't always need to build things at scale from a data perspective. I think that's how we, we think about it differently from software. So uh, what is that balance? You don't always need to get A's. It's okay. Uh, there's a time and place for building scalable systems. Uh, but you got to be careful with the hacked up systems because those can be a problem. So how do you know if something is hacked? It just takes too much time to maintain. And we brought up this notion of what is data data bankruptcy look like? And I think that's something we should start thinking about. What if you have to continue doing the same thing with less people? What would that look like? And then finally, we talked about tools change, but the principles don't change. So if you look at these large companies like Netflix, Spotify, Airbnb, they've done amazing things and, and they create all these tools and open source tools. But if you're a startup, like you probably don't need that complexity of those tools. You're a smaller company, but those decisions behind them is really, really important. So I think something that's really popular right now we're discussing a lot is the metrics layer, right? I mean, Airbnb kind of did this whole thing. They have the Minerva system things, what it is, right? The principle behind that is important. Let's have unity around the definitions and metrics. So we don't spend time, different teams to figure out why these two numbers are different. That regardless if you're small or big, we need to keep that. Now you don't need all the complexity behind that because Maybe you can just do that for a smaller team. You can do that in SQL. So that is our summary of our takeaways. How did we do, Sarah? I think we did well, but you excluded the foam pit. Well, we started out with that, but okay, let's go. Another takeaway, data mesh, data, data mesh, foam pit. That's the That's final it. takeaway. My All job. right. Perfect. Well, you 
drop the mic now. Two questions to you. You can drop the mic. What's your advice about data, about life, whatever? And second, who should we invite next? Yeah, general advice. Um, operate with intention. Do everything with intention. So as it relates to, you know, data, people, right, the decisions that we make, whether it be to use one tool versus the other, um, who to hire on our team. Um, I think doing everything with intention and knowing why you're doing it, I think will both create a better outcome because you understand the problem that you're trying to solve. But also, I think that it will make you understand like why you're sometimes something can be tedious, but you understand why you're doing it. I personally like to carry that kind of with me, just like who I am. I want, you know, value communicating with intention and kind of all of that um, in kind of my personal life as well. So that's kind of my advice. Um, and then who to invite next? I was really kind of, I wrote in my notes, like I wrote down two different people because I really couldn't decide. But um, I do think that you should bring on someone outside of kind of the modern data stack world. Um, and the person actually that came to mind is Lenny Richitsky, who writes Lenny's newsletter, because he actually writes about products, but really talks about like, how do you make these product decisions? And I think that there's a lot that we can learn from him um, and apply it to data. So that would be my recommendation. You, who's, I'm curious, who was the second one? The second one was Zach Wilson, who's more in the data space, but I think works at, um, oh, I, I mean, he's worked at like Airbnb and Netflix. Uh, I don't, I think he's at Netflix. I don't remember. But the point is, is that like, I think bringing in someone who works at like a huge company and understanding kind of how he approaches things and, and how they approach things there, I think uh, we can also learn a lot too. All right. Well, just quick to wrap up here. Uh, next week, we have Omar Kawaja from Roche to guess what? He's going to discuss their data mesh implementation so you should listen to that one next week and then upcoming guests we have are this is brett hurt uh kieran dines and sanjeev mohan uh so let's so stay tuned for those in the next couple of weeks but all right sarah thank you so much this was a fantastic a truly honest no bs discussion um thank you thank you and thank My you pleasure. World, always for supporting us have a great wednesday and cheers. Yeah, cheers. Cheers.